Well, good morning. We're continuing our journey in the book of James. This is James 5, so it's the last book of James. And James pretty much summarizes the first four books, I think, in, in five. And before we go there, I do want to say this. I had no idea that on the Internet, um, and especially for those listening on the Internet, um, that two of the sermons didn't upload. I didn't know that until last night. So you only would have got like one and three. So everything's loaded now. So uh, as a church, everyone go back and listen to all the series again because I'm just saying. That's... So God sightings, you know, for this this week, I believe one of the biggest God sightings was we had a church picnic, family picnic yesterday and um, just grabbed a few a few pictures. We didn't get any pictures of the horseshoes and things like that, but um, we had a great time. And uh, one of the things is an example. I keep talking about look to see what God is doing, right? And then get in on it. Get in on what God's doing in our everyday life. And it was so awesome that just before the picnic, we had uh, it'd be a grandmom and two moms and three children come over to the come over to the uh, play area to play. Uh, I'd say about 10 minutes before we actually started eating and had the opportunity to introduce ourselves and to invite them to come in and to eat with us. And uh, I don't know, that's a great example of seeing what God's doing. Now, I realize they were here on church property, but that's, that's in our everyday life. So whether it's here, whether it's at home, whether it's in our community, whether it's Walmart, whether it's at work, look and pray, God, what are you doing? Let me see with your, your, your sight. Let me hear with your ears. What are you doing around me? And how can I get in on that? And what a blessing it just was to meet, to meet that family. And um, One of the, the youngest mom, uh, I, I wouldn't even guess her age, but I, 23-ish or something like that. Um, but she, she kind of had my story a little bit, although I was 31 before I went to church, but never went to church in her life, never stepped a foot in, in a church. And, and so when I invited him in, she just gave me this look. Like, and I said, you don't want to come in, do you? And she said, no. I said, have you ever been in a church before? She said, no, never. And, and I said, well, guess what? Just let your kids, we have hot dogs. Just let your kids come in first. You'll be fine. And she, and she did. She said, hey, kids, do you guys want a hot dog? Yeah. And they booked it for the front door. And they're going, whoa, wait a minute. You know, so well, it, was, it was just awesome. I love it. I love to see God work like that. So great time. And thanks for everyone that helped set that up. And the food was awesome. It just was a good time. I want us to watch this video clip. I want to talk about like when I started, you know, going to school and stuff, a lot of people put me down. You know what I mean? Like people tease each other. I mean, people come up and say, hey, oh, you know, you're too short. You're too tall. You look whatever. You know, different hair and all that. It doesn't matter. When you're growing up in life, it actually sort of matters to people how you look. And then it matters to you because it matters to others. Why? Why does it matter how you look? Because if they don't like you, then who will? If they don't accept you, then who will? And the fear that we have is that we're going to be alone. That we're not good enough. And, you know, we have to change ourselves. You know, so many people put me down and say, Nick, you look too weird and no one's really offended. You can't do this and you can't do that. 
And I couldn't change anything. It's not like just fixing my hair one day and everything's fine. It's not like, you know, just whatever. I couldn't change my circumstance. I couldn't just one day wake up and say, hey, give me arms and legs. I need arms and legs. But it was so hard because people put me down. And I started believing that I was not good enough. I started believing that I was a failure. That I'd never ever be somebody who people would like or people would accept. And it was so hard, man. I thought to myself, I, you know, I can't go on, the, go on the soccer field like everybody else. And I can't ride my bike and I can't skateboard and all these sort of things. And I started getting depressed. I thought, what kind of purpose do I have to live? I mean, do you, are you just here to live to die? I mean, is there not a purpose for me? Is there not a purpose in life? And I had questions and no answers. And I asked my mom and dad, why did this happen? I asked doctors, why did this happen? And they, they don't know. There are some things in life that are out of your control that you can't change and you got to live with. The choice that we have though is either to give up or keep on going. I want to ask you, what are you going to believe? Are you going to believe in yourself? Are you going to believe everybody else's judgment on you? Are you going to believe people when they say that you're a failure and no one really likes you, no one really cares about you? And it's not really to say that, hey, you need someone to come up and say, hey, really, I, I like you, I care about you. No, it's not that, but it's the fact that people put you down. People don't even look you in the eye. People ask you how you are, and you say fine, but you're not fine, and they'll know, they'll never know that. I tell you, life is interesting, life's a journey. So what do you do when you fall down? Get back up, everybody knows to get back up. But I tell you, there are some times in life where you fall down, I feel like you don't have the strength to get back up. I'm down here, face down, and I have no arms, no legs. It should be impossible for me to get back up. It should be impossible for me to get back up, but it's not. You see, I will try 100 times to get up, and if I fail 100 times, if I fail and I give up, do you think that I'm ever going to get up? No. But if I fail, I try again and again and again. For as long as I try, there's always that chance of getting up. And it's not the end until you've given up. And just the fact that you're here should persuade you that you have another chance to get back up. There's still hope. I'm not here today to tell you that I understand your pain. I don't know how it feels to be abused. I don't know how it feels. I don't know how it feels. But I know how it feels to have a broken heart. And I know how it feels to be alone. But I just want you to know that it's not the end. It matters how you're going to finish. Are you going to finish strong? you will find that strength to get back up. Pretty well that we all do have a purpose and James took the time to encourage the body of believers and encourage the, the, the people that were under duress in different types of things and different situations back then, but we're no different today. And sometimes you might even think, 
you know, uh, or at least me, I don't know, I, I wandered just for a second there. I'm watching this again because, of course, I watched it before I put it on the PowerPoint. But I'm thinking, well, you know, I, I realize that not everyone's in a like a, a bad place right now. I realize that not everyone has turmoil in their life. I'm, I mean, I know that. I realize that. But I can almost guarantee you, I believe, probably everyone here has had that kind of turmoil in their life. And they can think back to a time where they had to persevere, they had to either push through or not. And, and you know, then I, and then I think like this too, there's probably times in our lives where we had things come against us that hurt us and that maybe we still hold unforgiveness or anger or, or such toward those things. And I, don't, I know James would say, no, count it all joy. Count it all joy when we're tested in our faith. For the testing of our faith produces patience or perseverance that must finish its work. That we be mature and complete, lacking nothing. And he who lacks, ask God, who gives without judgment. He gives liberally, without question, but he gives. He allows us to know and to see why. Not the why of why did I get hurt so much. Not the why of why did this thing happen to me and not someone else. Not so much that why. But the why of what God allowed into our life that dug deep inside us. That changed us. Why did I play this video? That's another reason why. Another reason why is to stir our heart up this morning to say, you know what? Seriously, it's not that, okay, we're not as bad off as him. That's not even close. Like at least I have two arms and two legs, right? But you do have to stop, right? And you, and and I'm I'm encouraged by anyone that makes that testimony. You know what? This is this is my life. This is what's been dealt me. This is what has happened to me. And I'm I'm either going to push forward in it. I'm either going to trust God, or I'm not. I'm either going to trust Him in in obedience to what He says to do, or I'm not. I mean, for real. Are we going to grow? Is there things this morning that you say, you know what? Yep, there's things I'm hanging on to. It's time to let go. It's time to let go. Life is too short. It really, it really, really is. Are those, those things, do you find yourself in the middle of something today? I mean, right now, there's something trying to come against you. There's something trying to, to take you down and make you think, like, well, you're not worth anything or or you can't do it, or you know what, this is a, a, a never-ending deal here. And you find yourself there this morning. Well, James is going to help us to look how to push past that. And you look into the future. There's some here this morning, some on the web. I'm sure you're thinking, well, you know, I'm pretty good right now, and I don't know about the past. You know, I've forgiven, and I, I forget, and uh, maybe not. But, you know, and life's pretty good right now, but I don't know about my future. You know, where am I going, God? What is my purpose? And and I did a little clip here. You won't be able to see it on the web. If you want to snapshot that, I realize it's like, ooh, snapshot that. Because that's a breakdown of James. And he really does, I'm not going to go through all of that because it's that's a lot. I mean, it'd be like, you know, let's stay another hour for lunch. But, but, but what I really want us to see this morning is in each chapter of James, he breaks it down. In the first chapter, he talks about trials and temptations. And the trials come, and God allows trials to come into our life so that we learn to trust him. 
And temptations come as a point of reference that when a temptation comes in the middle of a trial, I'm tempted to respond, I mean to react to it, to do something maybe stupid like I shouldn't do. I don't have the maturity in me yet to know how to respond to this this trial in my life. Well, you know, the, the temptations come and they prove out our obedience to God's word. We're going to believe his word or not. Are we going to we going to we going to hear his word in the middle of our trial? And are we going to we going to claim it? And are we going to move forward with it, even though we don't see God? How is this going to work? And then we go into James two, and we talked about our selfish desires, how they stop us from maturing, and uh, faith without works is dead. And and you know we're we're in the middle of these trials, we're being tempted in our life, and the next thing you know, we're just really trying to struggle ahead. And a good way to tell where you're at in that trial or temptation, a good way to tell is right there. If you, if it's all about you, poor me, and I, I know, okay, I, I keep doing this. I feel like I, I, I'm going to not, but I'm going to. Stop. Let me side over here. I'm not taking anything lightly because I know really bad stuff can happen. I mean that. But God is still in control. Now I come back over here. The way to tell if you are trusting God and if you're being obedient to his word, because sometimes our pride and our, our selfishness will say, I'm good, right? Like he said, how are you doing this morning? I'm good. In the video, I'm good, you know, and, and really inside you're just tore up. Well, a good way to tell if you're really trusting God and if you're obedient is if it's not about you. If, if you just keep going, well, it's about me and poor me and, you know, poor this and poor that, and the next thing you know, you, you start... Um, your, your works aren't really of God. They're just trying to struggle ahead. You're, you're working one job, two jobs, three do- jobs. You're doing whatever you can to get as much as you can because you want to be safe and secure. And, uh, you know, get a, you know I, we're going to talk about that in a minute. And so then as this progresses, you go into James 3, and he says that the things that we, we really think and we really say and we really do reveals the truth about who we are inside, meaning this. I'm in the middle of a trial. I'm in the middle of this temptation. I'm, 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 I'm trying to trust God in it. I'm moving forward in this, and I'm moving forward. I'm trusting God. I'm being obedient when his word tells me, speaks to my heart to, to respond to a situation like this. I'm starting to be obedient. I'm starting to respond. But now the proof of that that's happening in my life is when we all of a sudden find ourselves believing and doing what we actually are told by God. And and now what happens is it, it comes out of our mouth. Oh, I trust God. I've forgiven that person, that, that little do-do-do, that little blah-blah-blah. You know what? I just want you to know I for, I've forgiven you for, for you hurting me the other day. And then we come over here and we go, you know what? Can you believe that blah-blah-blah? I'm going to be careful. Blah-blah-blah. You know, you get the point. Right? And so the next thing we do is we find ourselves... Saying again that we're getting through this trial, we're getting through this temptation, I'm trusting the Word of God, I'm internalizing the Word of God, I'm growing in the Word of God, I'm maturing in the Word of God, I'm going to get through this thing, and, I'm, and, and God's the one, God's the one. But the next thing you know, you speak blessings, one moment, and then you turn and you're cursing the same person out the next. That's a sure sign you are not being obedient and trusting God. I know it seems obvious, but, but, you know, sometimes we need that right in our face. And then we go on to James 4. He says, how do you push through this? James says, how do you push through these things? How do you push through this, this trial and allow God to work in your life? And the Bible simply says you humble yourself. That you put yourself into a position 
where not only are you trusting God, not only are you obedient to his word, not only are you reading his word and allowing him to give you the direction, not only are you doing it and not only are you speaking it, we've got to get that. Not only are we speaking it, but we're being still. And we humble ourselves and we just be still. Okay, God. We've got to have some one-on-one time. Because I'm hurting. I'm not forgiven. I do want to know my future. And I don't, I don't, I don't mean like a genie or like a, a, a lamp. I just, but God, okay, all right, you know, am I really worth something or not? Am I really going to push through or not? Do I really matter or not? And, of course, we know the answers to that. We know in our own mind, if I were to ask anyone in this room, most would say, well, of course I matter. Or, well, of course God loves me. Well, of course, God, uh, I trust God. But then it comes to the place where, the you know, the saying, the rubber hits the road. And your actions and your tongue and your life, they prove it. Let's go to James 6 with me, please. Or James 5. There's not a James 6. I saw a lot of you turning there, though. Dead Sea Scrolls. Oh. All right, we're going to start right at verse 1. Ooh, it starts off so powerful here, too. I'm just like, ooh. I really prayed about this. I said, hey, God, do we have any, like, really rich people in our congregation? And, and, and like, you know, they're, they're kind of misusing their rich stuff, but and I don't think so. So, but, but watch what James is saying, spinning off all of this, right? Watch what he's saying. He says, come now, you rich, weep and howl for your miseries that are coming upon you. Your riches are corrupted, and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver are corroded, and their corrosion will yet witness against you and will eat your flesh like fire. Ha! Did you catch that? I hope I didn't read too fast. Can you go like, oh? And I, and I pray, and I say, I say, uh, well, God, I'm glad this isn't me. And about an hour later, when I got off the floor yesterday afternoon, I start looking at what James is saying, spinning off the other four chapters. He says, come now, you rich, weep and howl. For your miseries that are coming upon you, your riches are corrupted and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver are corroded and their corrosion will be a witness against you and will eat your flesh like fire. And I think, well, surely I don't, I don't, I'm not rich. Or, or am I? I have more money than 95% of everyone in the world. Somewhere, give or take. No, Really? These aren't words of condemnation. Just hear me out. And and do I have stuff that I don't need just setting aside, rotting away? Yeah, I'm just going, ah, God. I mean, this is kind of pretty strong, isn't it, here? I mean, are you not talking to me? That I might withhold blessings or provision you've given me and just turn my face and my back on those that are in need. 
And I'm not the savior of the world. I, again, not words of condemnation. And God wasn't condemning me in this, this conversation I'm having right here last night with him. But Tony, are you not rich? Have I not provided? Yeah. Do you have stuff? Yeah. Some of that stuff riding away, just sitting there doing nothing. If the world only knew, Heather knows. Oh, well, Jesse knows too. Where is that? Hey, Jess. Yeah. Mm. Don't let, well, ah, you let God and the Spirit of God take the Word of God and speak to your heart. But I'm confident still in this by the Word of God that He does not give a spirit of condemnation. But when we hear his words, sometimes, don't you do this? I do. I think, well, that's not me. And here all along, we're going through James, and he's telling us how to push through trials and, and, and through these temptations in life and how we draw near to him. And we can tell by our fruit, uh, you know, in our life and what we're doing, you know, what do we really believe is what we do. And if we say we love God but don't do the things of God, then we really don't love God. And, and, and so James is coming full circle, and he's going, you know, let me just say, what are you doing in your life? What are you doing with your life? What are you doing with the things that I've given you? Are, are you blessed? Have I blessed you? Do you realize who you are and where I place you and why I have? And most of the times the answer is no, most of the times. That's because we need to draw near to God. You know, in that same scripture, when he says draw near to God and God will draw near to you, do you remember what it says just before that, the chapter before that? Draw near to God and remove yourself. I'm, I'm paraphrasing that. Remove yourself from the devil and he will flee from you. Those things that try to come against us and those little whispers that say that you're no good and say, you know what, you just need more. You just need more. You just have a little more. I know those whispers. I'm not saying anything that I don't know myself. You just need more. You just need a little more. More of everything. More of what? Everything. Because what if I lose something? I'll, I'll need more. All right, I'll move on. Go to... Um, my page turned. I went, ooh, where am I at? Go to verse 7. It says this. Therefore, be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the earthly, I mean, sorry, the early and the latter rain. You also be patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Now, we could really dig real deep into this. It seems, again, kind of simple, but it's really deep. I want to hit a couple places, though, in here. When he says, therefore, be patient, and he's saying, be patient for what? Be patient for the Lord. Now, not that the Lord is taking his time. Not the, God's timing is his timing. What he's saying is be patient in all these things that he has spoken to us. Be patient in the middle of the trial. Be patient when you're, when you're being tempted. Be patient as God, you're interacting with God and his word, and you're allowing the spirit of God to reveal to you the truth on how to move ahead, not to react to the trial, not to react to the temptation, but to respond to it. Remember last week I said, how do you respond to the temptation? You just don't go there. And I know that seems simple, but you just don't go there. 
We're to remove ourselves from any appearance of evil, right? You just don't go there. But it doesn't mean that you just give up either. I mean, not on the temptation, but on the trial. It doesn't mean that you go, I can't do this. I'm no good. I'm I'm not big enough, bad enough. I'm just going to immerse myself in all the distractions in life I can, and, and maybe it'll just go away. No, God goes, no, 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 no. Because if, if you think it goes away this time, it'll just be back another time. Because I'm going to bring it back over and over and over again until you mature in this area of your life. Now, that's a kicker that I mean that. It's just like those movies where they never end. They just come back over and over and just kind of go, that's silly. I almost can guarantee you, I don't know this, but probably the people that wrote their move, those movies probably had some kind of God experience, and they just they know what it's like to be stuck in an area where God wants us to grow. And until one day we get it, the spirit of the word matures us, and then we wake up the next morning a new person, alive in Christ and ready to go to face, face what he has us to face. That's the difference. You can't wake up in the middle of a trial or in the middle of a temptation, whether it's a day, a season, a time, or a moment. You can't just wake up and go, I got this. I got this. Where's God? Where's God? And normally we find we're flat, we go flat on our face because we don't got nothing unless we have God, His Word. He says, be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and the latter rain. Listen, until it receives the early and the latter rain. Listen, most trials don't end in a moment. Most trials, they're a season. Because they have to work what's in us out. The early rain is this trust and obedience I have for God. Is when I say, you know what, I need your help. And I'm, I'm in your word. And, 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 I, and I'm, I trust you, Lord. And I, I'm going to obey you. For how long? Only God knows how long it's going to take to produce that fruit in you. Do you understand the parallel? The early rain, if you will is the trust in the Lord, to trust his word, but to be obedient to it. You got to plant the seed or nothing ever grows. But then you got to care for the seed. You got to cultivate the seed. You got to allow the seed to be nurtured and and brought about. And and that's the latter rain. Because before you know it, when God has almost completed that work in you, what happens? Then that's the the anointing and the power that God puts on you to, to push past to mature, and to get victory, the chain's broken in your life, whatever it might be. I'm telling you, I believe this. I just believe this with all of my heart. It's the hope I have that God wants to work in my life like that, even when I do stupid stuff. And even when I, I, I move forward and I'm growing, but then all of a sudden I take another step back. He still loves me. He's, his mercy endures forever. Watch, watch how he says, he, 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 now he starts to kick in and give us how to push through. When, when we are listening to him, we're, we're doing what he says, 
right? And, and we're trusting him. So here's what he, here's, watch, go to verse 9. It says, do not grumble against one another, brethren, lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. And I know we talked this, about this a couple times in a couple other chapters, but this is at the latter part. This is at the part where, we're, like I say, we're pushing through this trial. We are trusting God. We're allowing his word to go before us. And so, so we start to see that we're maturing. And it's not so much about us, but it's about what God wants to do in us. And it's not so much about the person that hurt us or the trial that's coming against us making me feel bad for me, but that God will get the glory even if it's not my fault, even if it, I'm, I'm telling you. So he says, he says, okay, number one, don't grumble. Boy, I love God. I love Jesus. This is, you know what, we're, we're going to get victory, victory in this. this. is the last thing I do. But you know what, you know, Michelle, can I tell you something? I just got to tell you, I don't like the way this is going. It goes back to that tongue thing. We, 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 we sat before us, the Bible says, blessings and cursings with our own tongue. Oh, not to be so. So the first thing we do, <laughs> remember, I don't know if you remember in James 1, we started off with this. The first thing we do, we want to get true victory. God's working in our life. Shut up. Just shut your mouth. Listen. Just, just shut your mouth. Every one of us has probably had seasons in our life where we've, be, we've become very critical and judgmental. And, and I can't, I don't know one of us. There's just no way. It's not biblical, so I, I don't know how it could. But I don't know that there's one of us where criticism and judgmentalism ever built us up to the point where we got victory over strongholds in our life. It just tears us down. Before you know it, we have no friends because <laughs> they don't want to hear it anymore. You know? And it's, it's crazy. He says, don't grumble. He says, verse 10, my brethren, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering and patience. Indeed, we count them blessed who endure. You have heard of the perseverance of Job and seen the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. And, and if you don't know the story of Job, I have no way this morning to go into it. But literally, this week, go and read Job in the Bible. I want to talk about some crazy stuff and things happening to someone, and, but how God's grace and mercy just comes through in the end. But above all, my brethren, do not swear either by heaven or by earth or with any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no be low, no, lest you fall into judgment. But God, I promise you, if you'll only do this, if you'll only make her like me, I promise you. If you only, you ever do that? Well, maybe not like her, but I mean stuff. You ever like get before God and go, but God, if you only, if you, if you only let me win the lottery, I just know, I'll give, God, I'd give you 90%, I promise. I'd give you 90 You know, they say tithe 10, I'll give you 90, I'll keep 10. As long as it's over 500 million, I'm good. I'm just, <laughs> I don't, have you ever done that? I did. I, when I was early, when I even in my when I was first a believer, I remember a couple times I was going, man, if I had some money, I could do a bunch of good stuff for God. Man, God, and, and I'd go out and buy a lottery ticket and and saying, you know, I didn't fool around with the little stuff. I, I, I'm telling you, fool around with the four hundred million, five hundred million stuff. Because if God's going to do it, He's going to do it big. <laughs> I never won. I don't know why. 
He's kind of like, okay, that's not what you want me to do, is it, God? Because if it was, I would have won, right? Hey, I believe that. I mean, I'm telling you, I, I do. I believe that. Here we go. So let your yes be yes and your no be no. So he's just saying, you know what? Sum all this up in James. You do what God tells you to do, and when it's yes, you do it. You do it. You do it regardless of of the repercussions. You, I mean, I mean that. I, I got to be a little careful here because some, sometimes an immature believer might misunderstand or take a, a word from God and be overzealous. You know, so I want to be a little careful. You prove what I'm saying out by the word of God. You just don't go, yeah, this is what God says to do. This is what God says to do. And and charge. And before you know it, you didn't really have your, your what God was trying for you to do. You had your selfishness in it. So be be careful in this area. But but when you know when the Spirit of God reveals the Word of God to you to have you move forward, be angry and do not sin. Forgive as I for, have forgiven you. And, and this comes into your heart. And so you go, okay, I'm not going to be angry toward this person. So, so don't be angry. At first it might still hurt in your heart, but, but don't let it show. I, I mean that. And you, the Bible tells us in this, this uh, scenario, uh, if I have an ought against another believer, not necessarily um, a, a non-believer, but an ought against another believer, I'm to go to them and I'm to show them their fault. I have an ought against you. And we're to talk one-on-one. Doesn't mean that it might not get resolved. It might, it might not. But as long as your selfishness isn't in the way, there probably will be a resolution that will come about. You, you, you get what, what's going on? Okay. So let your yes be yes and your no be no. No. Temptation? No. No. Anyone, anyone here tempted yesterday for anything? Any reason? I was. Yeah. Ryan and me. The whole place. That's awesome. I was Ryan. I'm telling you, big time. I'm just going, what in the world? Where did that come from? Just slap me in the face. You can, you can imagine whatever you want. You know what? It's fine. I know that you guys don't get tempted. and I shouldn't kid like that. But I will tell you this. I had to literally look and go, no. I mean that. <laughs> I had to go, no. You got to walk away. You can know yourself right into the temptation if you're not careful. No, no, no. I, I can, I can, I, but I'm, I, I can handle it. No, 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 but I can handle it. No, no, no. Yeah. Go to verse uh, 15 or 13. Is any among you suffering, let him pray. Is, any, uh, is anyone cheerful, let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick, let him call on the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to, to one another and pray for one another that you might be healed the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Listen to this. Listen. Now, not, maybe not everyone knows Elijah, but again, Elijah is a man of prayer. 
in the Bible. Look them up. Google them. But Google them into uh, Bible, like BibleGateway.com. Sometimes if you just Google biblical things, you come up with some pretty weird things. So make sure you're going into something that's a Bible access, like, like BibleGateway.com, for example. Example. And if you want to know more about that, ask me. That's important. God is stirring up a lot of hearts in our, in our people and you're starting to search more, and you're starting. So, if you need to understand how to do that better, so you're getting solid biblical the, theological responses from the internet, let me help you do that. So, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. And bottom line, he's saying it's all about what. What is it? It's all about prayer. In being persistent, not ignorant, but persistent. Okay, I'm in, a, I'm in the middle of a trial. I have temptations in my life. I'm going to draw near to God so he draws near to me. I'm going to be in his word. The Holy Spirit is going to reveal to me the truth of his word. I'm going to be patient. I don't, I don't and can't expect all the answers all at one time or I'll never grow up. How do I get through this season of time in my flesh, in a busy life? How? Prayer. Prayer. I take the time. I stop. I stop and I pray. I don't even know, even know that Heather realized really the, the the point this morning was exactly that. Yeah, I'm amazed at how God works like that. She goes, Dad, you know, I just really feel like God has us to pray and take a season of prayer. She goes, Would that be all right? <laughs> Yes. Yes. Verse 19. Brethren, if any among you wander from the truth and someone turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his ways will save a soul from the death and cover a multitude of sins. At the end of that video, if I may, it was a good illustration. You know, he spoke of the, the struggles he had in life and how everyone says, well, you can't do this, you can't do that. But you notice it wasn't about him. I mean, in the video, he made it clear. Sure, he had, he had trials and tribulations. He had people saying, where's your arms? Where's your legs? And sure, he felt low self-esteem at times in his life. But then all of a sudden, he started looking around his life and, 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 and just the, the world does that, the the, the world and the, the principalities and the devil just wants to make us, everyone feel that way at some time. Everyone feel that way. But at the end, as he persevered and he comes up and he flips over to where he can breathe, even in the middle of that stormy weather, he still was struggling. Thus the body of Christ those that saw the struggle all of a sudden kind of forgot their own little struggles, didn't they? 
and they went to help him. I don't, I don't know, I don't want to read into a, a, a video, <laughs> but the way I saw it, the way I received it was they didn't go to help him because of pity. They didn't go to help him because he didn't have any arms or legs. I'm, no, I'm serious, hear me out. They went to help him because he, he was like them, no different. A person struggling that was in need, that needed help. That's it. They look, they look past the legs. They look past the arms. You, you know what I'm saying? And that's what God has us to do as a body. We, we look at each other without partiality. We look at each other without judging. We don't go, well, you got money and, and you don't. And here, you sit here. And oh, no, you sit there. And you, just, you just can't go there. It's not the heart of Christ. You got you to push past that, that the, the way of trying to be critical and judgmental and having this partiality that sways you to and fro. If you really want to grow spiritually and push through these trials in your life. And oh my, praise God, when our heart starts to get to a place where he dwells within it, he goes before us. You want to talk about you want purpose in your life. You want identity. You want God to, to go before you. Then and only then is when it can happen. We mature through the trials he allows into our life. We say no to the temptations that come before us. We're not perfected, but we are moving ahead here a step at a time. And we're maturing. And as we mature, we start interacting with our brothers and sisters. And we start, we start to think less of us and think more of them. And the next thing you know, you've got a body doing that. You actually start thinking less of you and thinking more of me. And I'm thinking less of me and thinking more of you. And, and, and then all of a sudden, God brings up our gifts and our talents and our strengths. And he brings us together. And next thing you know, we, we have, uh, I almost don't like this word, but I like it as it has to do with God. We have the synergy of God going before us. Because not one of us alone is intended to do it all, period. That's not God's plan. <laughs> God places as he pleases. If you're a believer in this room, right? And I know I say that. I don't know any other way to say it. I believe Sunday's an equipping day, so I'm equipping the saints. So, But if you're a believer in this room, right, have you ever thought, well, God places as he pleases. You're part of the body. You're part of the body. You're part of the body. Okay, we have all these parts of the body. And then you look at, well, I'm not sure about your part. You know, you're a little lazy and you don't really seem to do anything. And, you know, why don't you just sit there and, and we'll take care of the rest. Do you ever do that? I have, come on, yes, I have here, here and there, not a lot. But, but then the next thing you know, the person that's a born-again believer sitting over there doing nothing like this. And I think that we're actually going to get where God wants us to go. When he said every single part of the body. I got to get someplace in my life and in my heart where I can go to that part. It's not Lucy, by the way. I'm looking over here. At the <laughs> I mean, be careful. But I go over to this person. I go, you know what? Forgive me for thinking that this part that God's made you to be. And let's talk. Let's pray. Because I believe biblically until I get this straight, actually, the one I think is the lowest, we ain't going nowhere. That's what I believe. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciple indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. John 8, 31, 32. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes 
to the Father except through me? No one. That's a bold statement, Jesus. John 14, 6. So the invitation this morning is like this. First and foremost, it's always about the gospel. The Bible says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And we know in our heart of hearts that that's true. We know we all fall short of God's glory. I mean, even when I was a non-believer, I knew that because I saw his creation. And I I just had this sense that there was a God. And I knew I fell short. (laughs) I didn't need much to tell me any different. And so as I started to wonder who God was and wonder what was going on in my life at times and trials and tribulations and temptations that came toward me even as a young child. Some of you relate, some not. That's okay. But in my life, I was very young trying to ward off hurts and pains and and punches and drugs and drinking and But I always knew there was a God. And I knew it, some of you might remember, but when I had to run away from home so I wouldn't get hurt. And I'd run into fields and I'd follow a stream so I'd find my way back. I always saw God. I saw God in the trout. It's almost, and I don't don't think I'm crazy, but I can remember a time I was about eight years old and I I was following this stream. I saw this trout, and there's something came into my heart. God says his creation reveals to us his attributes. I'm telling you, his attributes came into my heart. I don't know how to explain it any other way. And I see this fish, and I go, wow, there's something bigger than me. So in 623 of Romans, it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. So do we come to a place in our life where we say, God, you know, um, I hear your word and I believe. I believe what your spirit's telling me and what your word's telling me is I'm a sinner separated from you. and That the wages of that sin is death. That if when this body dies at this curtain, current time, I'd be separated from you for eternity. It's not God's desire. Romans 10, 9 says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. Have you done that? Have you confessed with your mouth the Lord Jesus? Have you believed in your heart that God raised him from the dead? I don't mean in your head. I mean in your heart. I don't know how else to say that because he reveals to us our salvation. So if you're here this morning as a testimony to God working in your life. And if you're here this morning and you know your need of a Savior, I want you to raise your hand and we'll pause and pray alongside you. Anyone else? And Father God, we thank you. We thank you for your grace, for your love, for your goodness, for your word, for your spirit. Father, that now our hearts would be repentful before you, that we'd be sorrowful of our sins that separate us from you. And that we do believe that your spirit reveals to your word that you are holy and we are not.
And you revealed to our hearts that Jesus Christ, your son, word became flesh, was crucified on a cross, was buried, but rose again. That we might put our trust in you. And literally, as the word says, be saved, be born again. May it be so. In the name of Jesus. Amen. I want to encourage you this morning, or on the web. On the web, um, you, pro- you, you must know, I think that's how you, the only way to really get there is for cbc.org. But I want to encourage you here today, this morning, in our congregation or on the web, respond to the gospel. If God has put within your heart that, that you've come to a place where you put your trust in him, you repented and believed, then I'm telling you the last thing you'd want to do is not tell anybody. It's the first thing. Share with somebody. Share with someone. If you're on the web, you can go to contact me or contact us and just an email. I prayed today. Pray for me. I prayed today. As you go.